Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. What may be the last one for the near term foreseeable future anyway. Uh, we've got a lot to cover tonight. I'm actually really excited about everything that I've put together here. I, we're going to cover a lot of ground. The narrative around these gene transfection therapies they're trying to call vaccines is absolutely crumbling. And I think there are major things happening right now on the legal front, on the you know information warfare and so forth. We're going to take a really broad, comprehensive look across the landscape at some of these key events that have been happening lately and sort of connect the dots in the way that I like to do anyway. Um, and, and I want to start tonight with a clip from that Dr. F uh, Rand Paul played of Dr. Fauci years ago talking about natural immunity. Here it is. Day, should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she should if, not she get it? if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu, she right. should not get it again. No, she day. doesn't need it because the, it's the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. So when we look at this, we wonder. You know, why you seem to really embrace basic immunology back in 2004 and how you or why you seem to reject it now. Well, <clears throat> I don't. OK, so right out of the gate here, there is a new dynamic between Rand Paul and Fauci. Gone are the days of him coming in and, you know, um, being arrogant and. Uh, proclaiming, oh, well, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, so, and angry and so forth. He is now very humble. Did you see how he was shaking? He's shaking throughout this. Watch his hands. They're constantly trembling like this when he has to respond, when he has to perform, okay? So there is a totally new dynamic at play here, and that comes from Rand Paul, too, because he's changed his approach slightly as well. They're constantly kind of adapting, trying to get the best of, of one another. A reject basic immunology, Senator. And I have never denied that there is importance of the protection following infection. However, as we have said many times, and as has been validated by the authorization of the, by the FDA through their committee and the recommendation by the CDC through their committee. Of course, the CDC, they took and they overrode their committee when it didn't go along with the pharma cartel ringing the cash register and making a lot of money off of these shots, even if it meant killing a few kids along the way. That a vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And That's basically some number go up science. So we measure these antibodies and they go up. Therefore, that's increased protection over natural infection because number go up. Meanwhile, what they're inducing the body to produce is a toxic bioweapon with HIV inserts. Does all sorts of damage that we're going to go through in the show tonight. And it certainly does not imply that EU approval is greater than natural immunity. But that's essentially the, the argument that Fauci here is making. Well, they approved it, therefore that proves, that's the science that says it's better than natural immunity because, again, 
number go up. Among those infected in November of 2021 in the vaccine group, their level of protection went down to zero within a half a year, even though they already had the virus. Well, that sounds like a problem. Now, this is Dan Bongino. Uh, we're going to come back to him because he's vaccinated, right? And he is beginning to comprehend uh, just what's been done to him, the world of shit that he is in. And we're going to talk through that. I've, if anybody knows him and can send him this, I would love for him to watch this. But the thing is, there's a lot of people in his shoes as well that need to understand what's happening. And it's based on, you know, what we're seeing in the world. Now, here he is. So I'm, I'm pulling him out kind of to use as an example uh, of the risks that he might face related to cancer. But there are many others that we're going to go through tonight. Okay, so he's talking about this uh, New England Journal of Medicine study. This is it right here. Effects of vaccination and previous infection on Omicron infections in children. So what did they do? It's a huge study, 887,000 children age 5 to 11 years old in the study. 193,000 got uh, SARS-CoV-2 infections between March of 2020 and June of 2022. 309 of those 193,000, just 309 of the infected children were known to be hospitalized and seven died. Okay. And there were 273 out of the 887,000 children, 273,000 children that had received at least one dose of this gene transfection therapy they'd like you to think is a vaccine. Okay. Now, out of those. 309 hospitalizations, only uh, 15 hospitalizations were in the vaccinated group. Okay, so there's their strong talking point, right? We massively reduced hospitalizations. And both of the Pfizer shots and previous infection were found to confer considerable immunity against Omicron infection and protection against hospitalization and death. So the shot or uh, infection and natural immunity provide great protection. But they point out here in the bottom, well, the rapid decline in protection against Omicron infection that was conferred by vaccination and previous infection provides support for booster vaccinations. What does that mean? Well, the shot is actually wears off and it doesn't just stop at zero. Remember, we've been talking about this over the last year. It goes below zero, and we know that from the new, uh, the UK numbers, the uh, Public Health Scotland numbers that they have been publishing. That's exactly what it shows, that you get this temporary protective effect, and then it starts going down, goes below zero, and then the vaccinated with enough time become two to five times more likely to catch COVID. And that's just where we are now. It may keep getting worse. We don't really know. Senator, if I might respond, I have never... Mm, ever- yes, you may respond, Dr. Fauci, like the new way of being here, very coy. ...have denied fundamental immunology. In fact, I wrote the chapter in the textbook of medicine. Is it any on- there? <laughs> now, do you, you have to remember the Elgato Mallow article where he talked about the experts creating their own credentials and patting themselves on the back. He's sitting there, look, not only am I the science, Dr. Paul, 
but I write the textbooks on the science, okay? I'm the expert here, not you, sir. Any, any of the guidelines any of the guidelines for vaccines you know, do any of the guidelines for vaccines from the government include previous infection as something to base your decision making on with vaccines do uh, any of the guidelines involve previous infection that's why you're ignoring previous infection because it doesn't involve any of the guidelines no ram paul that's why he's ignoring because if you acknowledge natural infection the number of shots sold goes down not as many people need it they're pushing it on people who have already had natural infection for specifically that reason and hold on let me close somebody just sent me a message or something apologies okay well let's keep going here and furthermore We've been asking you, and you refuse to answer whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. We've demanded them through Freedom of Information Act, and what have you said? We're not going to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're going to change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies, and if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. I promise you that. Well, see, now, if you would just give Rand Paul's red team the ring, they will put it on and they will use it to get to the bottom of this and not arrest somebody, not try somebody for treason, but learn about it. And then, you know, like, what's the plan from there, Rand? Are we going to alert the corrupt FBI and hope that the corrupt FBI comes over to this other corrupt government agency and puts a stop to the corruption going on there. Because, I mean, it, things are going swimmingly with Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family, aren't they? I mean, it's not like we have any evidence of his laptop, the diary, the pictures, the uh, recordings where he's on camera admitting that he's committing crimes to get a prosecutor fired so his son can get off. And like, nope, can't just we don't see anything there. That's their plan, is to take over everything and get them in charge, get them with the ring, and they will wield that government gun for the power of good. You can trust them, by the way. Of course, here's what the data is actually showing right here. And you can see previous infection in vaccinated children on the chart here. And these things look like waterfalls, okay? Delta is goes from 100% to zero in vaccinated kids that get reinfected or I'm sorry, uh, previous infection in vaccinated kids. They go from 100% to 0% in seven months. For Omicron, they go from 100% to 70% in four months. And I don't think they're going to stop at zero. That's just where the study ended because they're going to keep going. Because the people who took these gene transfection therapies have had their immune systems decimated. Okay? And these shots are going to make, are making them sicker. It's just what's happening as they wear off. Okay? And they're both fa- uh, falling rapidly. And you need one that has nothing in it. No vaccine or the fourth vaccine. 
but you also need to know whether they've been infected. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. So you're ignoring a variable. So well, guess what, Rand Paul? They are also doing that in the childhood vaccine studies for almost all of them. They ignore the unvaccinated. They have the data and they refuse to provide it. And then any doctor that dares show that that's what's happening, they attack them and try and push them out of their, their careers, strip them of their medical credentials. Meanwhile, what's going on? Well, here's what the current data is showing. Once again, we've got uh, the Pfizer effectiveness against vaccination. It peaks here in about two and a half months. You can see there. And then it within, uh, what is it? I think about seven months, it's back down at negative 20%. And then for the next one for Omicron, similar curve, but it doesn't even go as high. The, the Delta variant went to 80%. It's down 60% effectiveness now and falls rapidly to negative 10% a few months later. That means you're more likely to get it. And the, the later variants, same thing. Same thing. So does it protect you against COVID infection? Well, for a little while, until it wears off and then makes you more likely to catch it. That's what the data shows. Listen to what Fauci's talking about here. Committees, they're not my committees. They're the Verpac committee for the FDA. Watch his hands. Did you see his hands shaking again here? He is very, very stressed out right now. And the ACIP for the CDC. So I don't have any idea what goes on and they with the... Well, wait a minute, Dr. Fauci. You're in charge of the CDC. So maybe you should have an idea or, uh, you know, like maybe watch the, the YouTube meetings. Reveal <laughs> as well as you won't reveal. Okay, what we're going to we're going to move on. We're over time. Senator Paul, you're over. Everyone is over a little bit. I just want to make sure we keep on time here. For the record, I know Chair Murray and previous chairs of this committee of both parties, both parties. We have a problem here. This is an issue so serious that it crosses the aisles between the red team and the blue team, okay? This is not a partisan thing. This is a government thing. Have found videos to be out of order, and I will note for the record the video is out of order. The video that Rand Paul played of Dr. Fauci was out of order. How dare you use modern technology like that in the government to hold the government accountable against itself, Rand Paul. We will not have that sort of accountability in this government, sir. That's what that was. Meanwhile, in the unvaccinated, you can see here curves that are much more gradual, take longer So how do they fare compared to the people who are taking these gene transfection therapies? Well, natural immunity from infection, uh, they're 45 to 55% uh, effectively protected against infection after four to 12 months. In the gene transfections after six to 11 months, they're at negative 20, negative 10, 22, and 32% effectiveness. So which one do you think is better? Is it this one right here where the kids just 
let nature take its course? Or is it this one where you get the shot, temporary protection, and then become more likely to catch it? This makes no sense. And of course, do you remember the doctor that got attacked for pointing this sort of thing out? Well, one this of the is things him. I campaigned for. This is Dr. Paul Thomas, and he ha- he's a integrative pediatrics. He's a pediatrician, I think, up in Washington State. And uh, the state medical board attacked him because they didn't like the fact that he was giving informed consent to his patients about vaccinations instead of just pushing the agenda blindly. He would inform them of the risks, and if they didn't want to, if they wanted to take it. He would administer it to them, but the ones that didn't, that was the end of the conversation. Okay. And they said, well, we want to see your data that you're, cause this is about science, Dr. Paul Thomas, and we want to see the science of it. So he goes, okay. And he hired somebody to come in and use his firm's, his uh, office's records and put the study together. And then he took it to peer review and got it peer reviewed. And then instead of just coming back with data that they could attack, he came back with a peer-reviewed study proving his point, and they absolutely panicked. They stripped him of his license without any charges, which was against the law. They had to reinstate him, but of course, when you get stripped of your license, you lose insurance, you lose everything. So he's out. his, his doctor's office is out of business, uh, and... You know, he appealed that and eventually got reinstated, but still can't get back into business because of the insurance and every and all the mess that that created. Okay, so they literally broke their own rules to censor him and shut him up. And now he's suing them for thirty five million dollars, which I think is absolutely wonderful. And I hope he wins because that study that we showed you of the vaccinated, unvaccinated charts and the risks and so forth. That was his study. He's the one that commissioned that, and they are using that to go after, I can't remember, I think it's the CDC, to force them to release this data, to force them to acknowledge this reality and do this study or release the data that they have on it so we can actually find out what we pretty much already know, that there are very, there are none of these vaccines that actually work to prevent more harm than they cause, okay? around the world is for the vaccinated versus unvaccinated study. Robert Kennedy Jr. and I and several luminaries of this movement met at the National Institute of Health with Tony Fauci, Francis Collins, all of the other heads of our virology departments in a meeting set up by Donald Trump. And we demanded exactly that. We said, why don't you take the database that the CDC is sitting on called the VSD, the Vaccine Safety Data Link, that has the records of 10 million people and tens of thousands of unvaccinated individuals and simply do a vaccinated versus unvaccinated comparative study. You know what they said to us? They said, we will never do that study because we can't figure out how to do that study. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. These are the best scientists in the world, including Tony Fauci, and you can't figure out how to compare two groups to each other. It says to me they've done that study every way sideways, and they always get the same result. Yeah, and it's the result that Dr. Paul Thomas got that these things do not work, all right? There's a... Now, speaking of Dell, that's Dell Bigtree from the High Wire. Um, 
he recently sat down. I mean, we're going to be a little critical of him tonight, although I, I like him very much, and we'll talk about that. But he sat down with uh, Joseph Lapido, the Florida uh, Surgeon General, and this is a little segment out of there. We're going to view some more clips from it later where he's talking about how the doctors are indoctrinated with this belief system around these childhood vaccines. The insidious indoctrination related to vaccines. Mm -hmm. And I, I can say that completely truthfully because I was part of that indoctrination. Mm -hmm. I received my training um, in how they were only good and, you know, basically side effects are pretty much always rare and, and they're something that doctors should always be behind. I, I got that training in medical school and, you know, sort of reinforced in residency and in, you know, teaching seminars. And that, that creates, a, you know, there's a belief system that is is that is an entity sure there's data for some vaccines about kind of risk and benefits that is you know looks like good data but that that belief system is actually it's, it's a very separate thing from scientific data mm -hmm. it is it is a belief system it is clearly kind of crazy if not sinister to be recommending a new product to children when the data are completely unclear in terms of benefits versus risk. It's it's pretty routine to learn something years later about some, you know, off-target effect yeah. of a medication. That's just how it is. We don't right. know everything. So, I want to take you to what we do know. The data shows, and there is a wonderful article on Substack here from uh, you, Tobian why I'm an ab abolitionist, and he's talking about in uh, as far as the vaccines go. And uh, he writes, the Badenham Health Project, BHP, in Guinea Bisu, this is in West Northwest Africa, has the best data set in the world on vaccine benefits and harms, founded in 1978 by legendary Danish doctor and anthropologist Peter Abbey. BHP monitors studies, uh, monitors and studies the health of more than 200,000 people in urban and rural Guinea-Bissau. Uh, they have data sets going back decades that enable them to measure long-term health outcomes based on vaccination status, and they are willing to ask hard questions the others do not dare broach. The study, uh, they study the non-specific effects of vaccines, okay? So there's this idea of specific effects like the drug's designed to do this. Does it, does it do that? And, you know, what might be related? And then there's non-specific effects. People start dying 20 years later, 20 to, to 50 years later of cancer that have been treated with it compared to, to a group that hasn't, okay? For over a century, it was assumed that vaccines had only only had an effect on the specific disease that was targeted, that nothing else was affected in the immune system. No, that's fine. Okay. Dr. Abbey's research in the late seventies showed large positive effects from a measles vaccine. Children in Guinea Bissau vaccinated against the measles, not only developed fewer cases of measles, but they also died less frequently from other diseases as well. So that was one that worked. 
Okay. And it's, it's funny because, you know, when we were talking about vaccinating our daughter, uh, MMR measles was the only one, my wife, ex-wife got the, the vaccine book that had the, you know, risk analysis and so forth. And measles was the only one that I thought this is the one we should get. And she goes like, well, they only offer the MMR. So you got to get all three and like the other two don't make any sense. Right. So, uh, in 1989, the WHO introduced a new measles vaccine. Dr. Abby and his team discovered negative nonspecific effects from this formulation. Girls vaccinated with the new measles vaccine died at twice the rate as unvaccinated girls. So huge safety signal there. He took, brought his findings to the WHO three more years, and then they finally withdrew it. Just let all those, those young girls die while they, you know, decided whether or not they should go ahead and take some action here. Over the last three decades, Dr. Abby and his team have studied non-specific effects of the vaccines administered in Guinea-Bissau. His findings in connection with the DT, DTAP or DTP vaccine, the most widely administered vaccine in the world, are the most shocking. Across multiple studies, Dr. Abby found that children vaccinated with DTP have five times higher all-cause mortality than children who were not injected with DTP. Also found sex effects where girls were more likely to die following DTP vaccination. There are also race effects from vaccines, but that discussion is prohibited in the mainstream media in the U.S. because the entire vaccine program would crumble if people knew. And there's a video here if you want to go utobian.substack.com and you can find this article. Uh, and watch the video. This is the the doctor that he, that is doing the study with his wife. There's there she is doing a TEDx talk, and they kind of met and and were working towards the same ends and and ended up marrying. So DTP kills five times more kids than it saves from the disease it is designed to protect against. To say that publicly on camera in front of a room full of skeptical academics is one of the gutsiest things. I've ever seen. He's talking about his now wife, Dr. Abby. Uh, Dr. Abby, Dr. Ben, and their team have shared their findings with the WHO on multiple occasions. They've done nothing, of course. The WHO, under pressure from the Gates Foundation, uses DTP vaccination coverage rates to measure vaccination goals and is thus eligible for additional funding. Do you see why Gates is funding the WHO? Air quotes, funding the WHO? He's controlling and manipulating. Given that the DTP shot kills five times more kids than it saves, the WHO UNICEF vaccination program throughout the developing world is a crime against humanity that must be prosecuted by the international court. And it, it's, he's correct. But are, are you going to hold your breath waiting for that to happen? How long does it take? How long has this data been out? What are they doing about it now? today. Dr. Ben goes on to explain that their massive research project has shown that three live attenuated vaccines appear to offer more benefits than harms. Oral polio, measles by itself, not the MMR, and tuberculosis. From my own research, these three live attenuated viruses, uh, live attenuated vaccines are not available in the U.S. They use an enhanced inactivated injected version of the uh, polio vaccine, MMR or MMRV, and there's limited supply of BCG for certain high-risk healthcare workers that they limit it to. 
All of the other vaccines studied by BHP, adjuvanted, uh, recombinant, and genetically engineered protein subunit vaccines, like the COVID, air quotes, vaccines, cause more harms than benefits. The best data set in the world, the reason these three live attenuated vaccines are not available, the three that work, in the U.S. is because eventually all these live vaccines revert to virulence. And then they cause an outbreak, which is what we're seeing in different parts of the world. The virus bacteria evolves and changes such that eventually the vaccine will cause an outbreak of the very disease they are trying to eliminate. That is what is happening in Africa and Pakistan right now where oral polio vaccination campaigns have triggered outbreaks of polio. No politician wants to be responsible for an outbreak of polio, measles, or tuberculosis, so they approve shelf-stable inactive vaccines that cause net harms rather than the effective live vaccines that will eventually revert to virulence. There we go. Thank you. I was trying to say virulence. I guess that's the proper way to enunciate it. Um, That's the dilemma, and that's the starting place for an honest conversation about vaccine policy. So when people ask, can't I use a slowed down or spaced out schedule? That's another thing that we did with our daughter was, you know, she didn't get the vitamin K shot. And the ones that we did give her were on a, you know, much delayed from the recommended schedule. I say the best data set in the world shows that only three vaccines produce more benefits than harms. None of those vaccines are available in the U.S., and all of the vaccines on the U.S. schedule objectively produce more harms than benefits. And my position was no vaccines, but ex-wife was pretty dead set against that. Uh, You can be guided by ideology or you can be guided by the facts. Those are the facts, okay? These vaccines don't work. The childhood vaccination program should be scrapped, What they're doing with these COVID shots should be scrapped immediately and the people put in front of military tribunals for what they've done. Uh, The River, a journey to the source of HIV AIDS makes a compelling case. So, sorry, there's um, there's fairly good evidence here that, you know, these are these are additional data points that he's put in this story that show, you know, kind of support the case that everything they've tried to do has made the situation worse, right? So the first one that he's pointing out here, fairly good evidence that the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic that killed 20 to 40 million people began with a bacterial meningitis vaccination campaign on the U.S. Army base at Fort Riley, Kansas. Then the soldiers recently vaccinated with a contaminated vaccine were shipped out to fight in World War I in Europe, and the pandemic went worldwide from there. The River, a journey to the source of HIV AIDS, makes a compelling case that the clinical trials for the oral polio vaccine in the Congo may have induced a Sumerian retrovirus in humans and become HIV and contributed to the deaths of 40 million people from AIDS. Jeffrey Sachs, who chaired the Lancet Commission on the Origin of Coronaviruses, says that the evidence points to SARS-CoV-2 coming from a U.S. bioweapons lab in gain-of-function research. Of course, we've delved into that. It's absolutely true. We didn't even know the people and where it was developed and when it got shipped over and so forth. And now you've got um, Tom Rents, the attorney that's been you know, doing some lawsuits and so forth. He claims to have a whistleblower from EcoHealth. This is Peter Daszak. He's the CIA cutout for Fauci. When, they, when Obama supposedly shut down gain-of-function research, he sent it overseas so that it could continue and served as a go-between 
from the NIH, which was not allowed to do gain of, of function research, and, and the Chinese lab that did it anyway. And so he's spilling the beans and laying out that, yeah, they made this. He, he you know, his company worked on it and developed it. If any or all of these theories, uh, sorry, no, I skipped one. Um, the, the three largest ep epidemics of the last hundred years are all connected with the vac vaccine program. If any or all of these theories are correct, then supposed gains from the vaccine over the last century would be eclipsed by man-made disasters. Vaccine failure and harms are the business model of the pharmaceutical industry. As Robert Kennedy Jr. points out, the, prior to the introduction of mRNA shots, vaccines were already a $50 billion a year industry that generates another $500 billion a year in revenue for treatments from the injuries that they cause. As Dr. Byrne explains in her TED Talk, none of the major pharmaceutical cartels are re researching live attenuated vaccines, even though they are the only ones that actually work. Instead, and this is Elgato, pharmaceutical cartels spend money on regulatory capture and propaganda to force dangerous and ineffective vaccines on population because they generate at least 10 times more revenue than the effective live attenuated vaccines. COVID-19 shots are completely ridiculous objectively the most dangerous ever produced. They should, should never have been authorized, cannot be made safe. They will be removed from the market. The only question is how many people they will kill before the mainstream gatekeepers admit defeat. And, you know, they did that with the vaccines for three years in the example above. They're still doing it with DTP. The sum total of all of this is that I have become a vaccine abolitionist. Yes, I suppose one could make the case for the beliefs of the three live attenuated vaccines, but the most powerful industry in the world blocks access to those vaccines and no politician in the U.S. will approve them. Let's get blamed for when the virus reverts to virulence. Given the corruption in the pharmaceutical industry, I would rather rely on innate immunity and natural support for my own immune system then allow a liability-free product with untold contaminants to be injected in my body. For all of human history, breastfeeding provided immune support to infants and playing in the dirt exposed children to microbes, viruses, and bacteria in ways that build their immune system for life. Dollar for dollar, clean water and sanitation systems deliver much better health outcomes than vaccines. And if you look at when the vaccines were actually introduced, it was on the tail end of them, you know, basically dying out in the population because everyone was immune to them and they couldn't spread and find new hosts. And it was because of the improved sanitation and water. They seemed like a good idea back in 19, 1796, but the shots today bear little resemblance. The greatest revolution in the history of medicine occurred when French hospitals in the 19th century started using statistics to record and measure health outcomes they soon discovered that all of their inter interventions did not work, but the willingness to recognize those failures eventually led to scientific breakthroughs, including handwashing, antiseptics. The vaccine paradigm has objectively failed. It is time to turn the page and invest in natural support for our immune systems and cures. Remember those? The for diseases, not monthly pharma subscription plans for life, which is what? The pharmaceutical cartels want. They want you on that vaccine treadmill. Come on, get another shot. You're immune. You're going to get sick. Your immunity is waning. 
And they'll keep doing that until it kills you because they don't have any liability. The Biden administration is now proposing to vastly expand the failed gene-modifying public health strategy of the last two years. Executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for sustainable, state, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. This sounds like it's ready-made for that CIA cutout company that we talked about. Starts with an R. Um, that is straight out of a brave new world. It states, quote, we need to develop genetic engineering technologies to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. It's going to take control of life, program the genes, manipulate you in whatever way we see fit. Slave. The Biden administration is, is proposing the entire economy and society based on the bioengineering strategies of a failed mRNA vaccines. These people are literally insane. We must commence the revolution as soon as possible. So I loved that. And now I want to go back here and hear from Fauci again. So what you're giving us is this, the, you decry, and people decry vaccine hesitancy, it's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. You're not paying attention right. to the science. The very basic science is that previous infection provides a level of immunity. If you ignore that in your studies, if you don't present that in your committees, you're not being truthful or honest with us. Okay, Rand, here's the thing. It's not the gobbledygook that has people abandoning the vaccines. It's the hard data that we just went through. Well, not that one. That's the one we're going through next. But it is the data. It is the truth coming to light. It is that the system has grown so corrupt. People are waking up to these lies and deceptions from your government. And this has been going on for half a century, more, longer. For centuries, y'all haven't fixed it. You have no plan to fix it. You think getting the right people in there is somehow going to fix it or giving you more power is going to fix it, which is what you told us the, the time before when you got power back from the blue team. And it's what the blue team said when they got the power and what the red team said when they got power before that and on and on and on because it's just a bullshit distraction that these people play. They will never, ever solve these problems because they don't address the root cause. But, you know, the good news, uh, hospitalizations are reduced after vaccination and even with infection. So there we go. We should all, all take the, all the kids, 5 to 11, should definitely get these shots, obviously, based on that data. All right. Let's go back to Bongino here. Bongino. Now, ladies and gentlemen... I'm no uh, Albert Einstein level Stephen Hawking genius, but in some no, limited circles, uh, we'd call that a clue that there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. So just to be clear, problem. there is now some evidence indicating that even if you had the virus before and then you subsequently get the vaccine, that it may mitigate the immune response to the old virus and wipe some of that out. That doesn't sound like a vaccine to me. That sounds like fertilizer. Okay, so I want to kind of explain to Dan here 
the situation that he's in. And this applies to people that took the shots. And of course, the more shots you take, the worse it looks for you. You get the booster, that's kiss of death for a lot of people, unfortunately. If you've had one, that's better than if you've had two. If you've had two, that's better than if you've had three. If you've had three, that's better than if you've had four or five or whatever they're up to now. Don't go and get the, the bivalent booster. That's got two spikes in it. They didn't really test that. Had a lady die in the 15-minute waiting period today, I believe, after getting that. They, 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 these come with toxicity, and that toxicity doesn't go away, and with each shot, you get more of it. Look at what's already happening with the side effects, with the bleeding and everything else. You have to, we have to just walk away from this and shut it down. Because when they, with this bivalent injection, gene therapy, they're going to drive a new variant strain that's going to get all of us vaccinated or not. It's going to create an escape of pressure, immune escape of pressure, and it might end up killing a lot of these, these poor people. All right. So I think people like Dan deserve the truth. They deserve to know what's happening to them, what their outlook is. It's not going to be easy to hear um, because it's worse than fertilizer. All right. And it starts right here with this right here, P53 BRCA line one. Those are processes in the body that check cancers. Okay. And you can see right here up on the screen, Bear with me there. There we go. Um, this is from June Slater on Twitter. According to reports, medics are seeing a huge number of people suddenly going straight to stage four cancer. It's apparently the first time in history. There's obviously a common denominator, the gene transfection therapies that come with pseudouridine that, you know, shuts down the immune system. We're about to talk about that. But there's no way I'm stating the obvious because, well, she's on Twitter where they censor and shut down people trying to raise the alarm, trying to warn others about the dangers that these shots pose to them, okay? So you have this P53 gene that is involved in replicating your genome and keeping it, keeping the integrity of it. When you make a copy, did it get copied over right or were there mutations? Those mutations, that's cancer, okay? Well, that process gets downregulated. The BRCA and the line one processes also pretty much disabled or shut down. You get your something called MS3, MSH3 depleted to make the spike protein. It's supposed to pair with MHS6 to actually do the validation if your P53 gene wasn't downregulated, but it's not going to have any MHS, MHS, MSH3s because they've all been used to make spike protein. Okay. And then of course you have the toll-like receptors. Three and four detect cancer. Seven and eight detect viruses. Those get downregulated. So your body, Dan, is going to be looking around for cancer, but the headlights are off and it can't see anything and it can't really find anything most of the time. This was done by the pseudouridine that was in the shot to both um, transfect into the cell, but also downregulate the immune system to not create the cytokine storm, the toxicity, and so forth. Of course, they didn't have any plan to turn it back on, right? So then what happens? Well, eventually, those cells that get transfected, they express the spike, 
okay? And that's going to cause, uh, trigger, let's say things are actually working in, a, in you know, some small percentage of your body, and it manages to trigger one of the CD8 T cells that you have left, it's going to come and kill that cell. And if it's part, if it's a cell in your heart or your lungs or uh, kidneys or something like that, testes, you're just losing that function because some of those things don't grow back. Okay. And of course, that's if you can find a CD8 T cell because those are also getting decimated by the shots. This is Dr. Ryan Cole about 10 months ago. We're seeing in the laboratory after people get these shots, we're seeing a very concerning locked-in low profile of these important killer T-cells that you want in your body. It's almost a, re a reverse HIV. In HIV, you lose your helper T-cells, your CD4 cells. In this virus post-vaccine, what we're seeing is a drop in your killer T-cells, your CD8 cells. Oh, and those drop, and when they manage to work, they're going to come in and kill those cells and start this amyloidosis process. What does that lead to? Well, that takes us here to these, what I call vax noodles. This is, this is finally broken in the alternative media. Okay. This is, uh, and we'll come back to it is from Richard Hirschman. He's the embalmer that is trying to do embalming and can't circulate blood in the vaccinate in the, veins because they're full of these white rubbery things it almost looks like egg drop soup or something <laughs> so that's that's kind of the process that's going on and if you look at dan here this sounds he's a fit guy he's probably doing a lot of cardio i would wouldn't be surprised at all if he's got these things growing somewhere in his body unfortunately like a serious problem it is if you got a vaccine that teaches your body to respond improperly to new variants which are now predominant that sounds to me like you're in real trouble yeah as absolutely correct and what he's describing there is something called original antigenic sin okay it's where your body comes in and gets that first exposure to the spike to the virus if you haven't had the virus it's only going to be exposed to the spike which means the virus can mutate to evade that immunity, lower its, uh, its binding affinity, okay? And uh, then you're, you're, you've basically primed your body and set it up against something that it, do it doesn't help anymore, okay? And if you get the shot versus the vaccine, you're getting trillions of those spike proteins circulating, produced and circulating in your body, the subunit is going to cleave off at the FCS, which is what makes it infect humans. That subunit that goes floating around, it's got the HIV GP120 in it. So it's going to do damage elsewhere in your body. And those end up misfolding into prions, not just in the brain where they are causing, <clears throat> you know, the aggressive behaviors that we're seeing and so forth, but all over the body. Because you know, they're going everywhere and it's basically this whole systemic attack on your system. When you get vaccinated, you are losing cells everywhere. That's why these people are just dropping dead. Suddenly they are losing capacity, losing capacity. And I think a lot of the ones that are found dead in their bed or like, you know, we had the Canadian doctors who two of them, two of them were triathletes, died running, a couple of them died swimming. 
Uh, a lot of them developed rapid cancers and then died suddenly. That is what's happening. The ones that are just dropping out or being found dead in their bed, I think they're growing these things in their veins, which is up in the pressure, forcing the heart to work harder and harder. Okay. And eventually it becomes this treadmill that just starts going faster and faster as these things grow longer and longer and fill more of the veins. At the same time, it's increasing the angle that you have to run up to, to stay on the thing and eventually you fall off and that's it. That I think is what's in store. That's why it's such a big problem. Absolutely. So I want to show you um, now over here and oh, hold on i actually switched back okay uh, this is something talking about paul offit now he is a well-known vaccine zealot and apologist for the aluminum toxicity against the evidence right and he's saying here quote i have received three doses of the ancestral strain vaccine and contracted a mild case of COVID. i guess you know that means it's working if you get three shots to protect you against something and then you still get it I do not plan to get another dose of SARS-CoV-2 vaccines until it is clear that the people who have been primed, boosted, and naturally infected are nonetheless at high risk of serious illness when encountering the virus. And here's the question now. This is from Popular Rationalism on uh, Substack. How do you tell the difference between vaccine failure and antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE? The answer, with vaccine failure, you get asymptomatic disease. With AD, where you know you get sick but you don't know it, with ADE you get severe illness. When Offit sees the data from the CDC, he's going to find that people who have been primed and boosted may be susceptible to increased risk of hospitalization if they are infected with newer variants due to ADE. Exactly what we were seeing in the kids, you know that as as new variants come out, they do worse and worse and worse against them. The CDC has roughly 109 million Americans that received a booster. That's 48% of the fully vaccinated population. According to math, um, 36.7 are boosted, 36.7%. Okay. So, and that's of the total population. So roughly one in three people have in America have had the booster shot. Okay. At COVID-19 vaccine program effectiveness of zero, meaning doesn't help or harm, the rate would be 36.7% of the hospitalized that were boosted. But instead, it's 44% higher than expected. This implies negative effectiveness. Now, I know people are going to be shouting, well, but the elderly, the more at risk are taking the boosters and that's why and so forth. I'm not sure yet how those who also like Offit had SARS-CoV-2 infection will fare and I will, of course, hope for everyone injected or not does well this winter. I suspect many will not. And I would echo that sentiment. Because, you know, if you recall when we broke down uh, the Gert Vandenbosch interview, where he was talking, you know, we spent three hours on just this one topic right here. And what, what did he say? He said, uh, you know, this new variant where they're trying to update the variant is a terrible idea. It's going to drive new variants. It's going to push this thing to mutate further. It's going to create infectious pressure. He was very concerned about a new strain becoming virulent. That hasn't happened. He said it was, you know, he was expecting it weeks away. 
I said, I think that's a little optimistic and this winter is when we'll actually see it if it, if it happens at all. But that was something that he was very, very concerned about was ADE and what's happening with the antibodies and the innate immunity. And he, you know, there was so much stuff that he didn't even get into. He really focused on the pathology and the interaction with the vaccine. So it's actually, yeah, even worse. All right. Bear with me. And so now let's go back to Dan here. And I want you to listen to a little more. As I said in that now viral clip, I'm a sinner who's made a lot of mistakes, done a lot of stupid things in my life. But I got to tell you, getting that vaccine early on, I got nervous. I panicked. You know, I had, I still have people, you know, they make fun of me online and it's so, it's a part of the business. I mean, you know, there's not much you can do about it, but, uh, some people think it's hilarious. Like, that'll teach Bungie, you know, what an idiot folks. I'm just telling you, I had That's cancer at the time. Uncalled for. Uh, I had lymphoma. I did not know if it was going to come back. I did not know what extent the treatment was going to work or not work. So he's talking about, he got diagnosed with cancer. They poisoned his system, which decimates the immune system. And they told him, the, his experts, they told him, you probably need to get this. Well, what actually happens? Do you guys remember Deborah Conrad? She was that hospital administrator that was fired for like telling the hospital, we have to follow the law and report all of these vaccine injuries to VAERS. And she started to realize this is not helping these people. It's actually hurting them. And then they fired her. One of the early patients that I uh, reported on was uh, was somebody that whose cancer came back in, from remission and 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 rapidly killed the individual. I mean, she, it, it was it was kind of crazy. They they, I don't know. The the cancer was in remission, going about your life, and then all of a sudden, wham! It's back and it's back with a vengeance to the point they couldn't get the patient on treatment quick enough, and it killed the patient. And that's happened quite a few times. Really? Yeah. So. And of course, what was the tweet that we read? Patients are now progressing to stage four cancer in a very short period. What did ha what happened to the Canadian doctors? Very aggressive battles with cancer all of a sudden, and they died. And sadly, I think this is a very, very likely outcome for Dan because he's already had cancer. His body was able to put it in remission, which means it's not gone, but his immune system is keeping it in check. Okay. And now that immune system, thanks to the P53, line one, BRCA, and so on, toll-like receptors, that has all been decimated. And, you know, I was told by a number of very smart people, and I don't fault them. They were dealing with the data at the time, too, that, listen, this thing may not be perfect, but if you get COVID right now with a wiped out immune system, that's what lymphoma is, a chemo. Uh, it kind of wipes your immune system out. You have to get these shots, these new Lasta-type shots to rebuild your immune system. So if you get COVID with a wiped-out immune system, you could be in real trouble. Well, Dan, your experts were not experts at all. They were propagandists who didn't bother to do their due diligence or research. The data was there. They were just pushing the official narrative and lying to you. They had no clue because they didn't look they should have what you should have been doing was taking vitamin d 
and vitamin C. And since you, you know, just did chemo, probably some milk thistle too to detox uh, your liver, right? Because that's what's processing all that poison that they're putting in you. And yeah, quarantining would have been a great idea. Um, right now I'm taking 5,000 IUs a day. Now, this is Dr. Rhonda Patrick. This interview was, was done on the Joe Rogan Show in May of 2020, okay? 10 months before they even authorized the vaccines, okay? She has data from multiple countries that show 94 to 96% of the COVID deaths that were happening early on in the first quarter of uh, 2020 when this thing just emerged, 94 to 96% of the COVID deaths were vitamin D deficient. And nobody ever addressed this. Show me the doctor, show me Fauci, show me Ro Rochelle Lewinsky or Woodcock or any of the others talking about the importance of vitamin D given this data that was shared with millions of people. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Why? Mm. Um, you know, 70% of the U.S. population has insufficient vitamin D levels, which is considered less than um, blood levels, less than 30 milligrams, nanograms per milliliter. And this um, is something that you, your body can generate naturally if you're exposed to the sun on a daily basis. Yes. That's the best way to get it. It is. But the problem is, is that we don't go outside anymore. And, you especially know. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now more than ever. But and what even, a terrible recipe, right? Vitamin D deficiency is what makes it worse. And then you're staying inside, so you're not getting any vitamin D. Yeah. You're becoming even more deficient, you know. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. They implemented and deployed a policy that worked against public health. He was telling me that um, ventilators do actually like cause more damage to the lungs. And like, like he'd been reading some studies to like confirm that. And he was pretty certain that, that ventilators actually cause damage and actually could like induce damage. Which is exactly what we were seeing, right? And we, and the ventilators, they weren't even helping. Why? because it wasn't a respiratory disease, a respiratory disease. It was a vascular disease. They are getting clotting. We're seeing, you know, what was it, 62%, uh, I think, around this time frame when they started doing the D-dimer test, 62% were experiencing clotting after vaccination. Why? Because that's the pathology of this spike. where it's like it's making hard. it worse. So that's so hard. I don't know. I don't know all the specifics of that. All I know is that it, it looking at the statistics, like if you go on a ventilator, I mean, surely it seems like the outcome's not very, it doesn't seem like it's going to be very good. They also didn't bother to really do any immune testing. You know, we had Dr. Nathan Thompson on where that's exactly what he was doing. An immune panel before one of his clients was decided, I got to get the shot for work. I can't get out of it. And then one after, and showed the changes that it decimates the immune system and it sort of starts to bounce back, but doesn't really come back. So, you know, th these, these systems though, they didn't really care what worked and what didn't. They followed what the insurance companies told them, what the CDC recommended treatment was, which was dictated by Fauci and others. The hospitals followed the procedures. Uh, you get COVID, then they get you on a vent and remdesivir. 
while you're on an IV with no diuretics. So you have patients that are basically filling up with fluid in their lungs from the IV and, and, and the medication that they're given, which remdesivir is basically a repurposed AZT, which killed people during AIDS and was used to, um, to justify the AIDS epidemic, just like remdesivir was used to kill people, which they would then label COVID pneumonia. And those were the, that's, there's the body count for the pandemic. We need lockdowns now, Mr. President, we need lockdowns. (laughs) That's how that played out. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. I believe that was when someone called in who had had a reaction to a vaccine. Okay. A reaction to a vaccine has no effect, has nothing to do with natural immunity, with whether, whether natural immunity is effective or not. Somebody had a vaccine reaction and they were wondering, should I get another shot or is natural immunity good? Okay. That's what he's talking about. And asked me through a telephone in the interview if they should get vaccinated again. So it was in the context of someone who had a reaction. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, Reuters fact check looked at that (laughs) and said, Fauci's 2004 comments do not contradict his pandemic action. Oh, the Reuters where the CEO is on the board at Pfizer, the fact check organization that's funded by a company that holds a couple billion dollars in pharmaceutical cartel stock. (laughs) The same fact checkers colluding with the white house and the CDC to unlawfully and illegally censor speech on social media platforms. That fact check organization, Dr. Fauci, I am so glad that we're finally getting to see Dr. Fauci's science here. It's the fact check now, apparently. Actually, words don't lie. If you look at the words behind me, we can go over them a little bit at a time. She doesn't need it because the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. It is true. It is true, Senator. It is a very potent way to protect. When you're trying to tell us that kids need a third or a fourth vaccine, are you including the variability or the variable of previous infection in the studies? No, you're not. Because when you have approved vaccines in recent times and the committees that have approved it for children don't report anything on hospitalization or death or transmission. They only report that if you give them the jab, they'll make antibodies. And you can give kids hundreds of jabs and they'll make antibodies every time, but that does not prove efficacy. So what you're doing is denying the very fundamental premise of immunology that previous infection does provide some sort of immunity. 100% correct, right there. This is number go up technology is the game that they're playing and the data shows it's not working. These are dangerous. People are dying. We are at 367,000 excess deaths according to Ethical Skeptics data since that pivotal MMRW week 14. People will use masks for their own individual reasons. They may personally be vulnerable. They may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for. They may not have had COVID-19. 
we all just need to respect everyone's individual decisions. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you, Jacinda. I got it. So when it comes to masks, we need to just respect everybody's individual opinions. But when it comes to a potentially deadly medical experiment that can't be undone, it's your opinion that matters, right? And I guess whoever controls you, influences, leverages with blackmail maybe, or just flat out bribes you, it's what they want. Because that's what you did. Your actions speak louder than words, sir. And of course, Ron here, he's questioning big tech, getting some answers for us. So obviously, this is just, this is published. Now, if you note, those of you that are watching, you can see that chart up there. That should look very familiar. That's the UK data that we've been covering for months and months, probably over a year at this point. Okay. And he's finally pointing this out. And they were publishing other similar information during that time period when President Biden lied to the American public that this was a pandemic of the unvaxxed. And if you got vaccinated, you're not going to get, you're not going to go to the hospital, you're not going to be an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. Well, 63.5% of the people fully vaccinated were dying in England at the exact same time. Why didn't you pull this? Have you ever labeled the President of the United States' comment as, a, as misinformation? Have you ever done that? Big tech, social media, the executives, that's who he's talking to. They're speechless. And you got to love the irony. <laughs> Any of you? Nope. I'll take that as a no. So, again, I, I just wonder, who are the authorities? Who do you think you are to censor information from eminently qualified doctors who had the courage and compassion to treat COVID patients when the NIH guideline was basically, if you, get te- if you test positive for COVID, COVID, go home, be afraid, isolate yourself, don't do anything until you're so sick, we'll send you to the hospital, we'll give you remdesivir, where we have 1,600 deaths so far, we'll put you on a vent and we'll watch you die. Sounds like he's doing my show all of a sudden, isn't it? It's just amazing, amazing. You guys bear a fair, fair amount of responsibility for hundreds of thousands of people not being treated. And dying. And I would say probably dying that didn't have yep. to die. Hope you're proud of yourselves. Hope you're proud of yourselves and not you're under arrest. Stand up and place your hands behind your back. See, this is, this is government at work here, folks. They're, 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 all they've got is hope you're proud of yourselves. And meanwhile, the censorship continues. The deplatforming continues. The gaslighting of the vaccinated continues. And more people die. Although they are rapidly, rapidly losing control, losing the trust of the people. You know, we talked about that cancer one. I had somebody that I, I've known on Twitter for a while wrote me in about an hour before the show. Their cousin's spouse died, went straight to stage four cancer in three months. This is happening at over a thousand excess deaths per day right now. And we're just getting started. That's what we're facing, Dan Bongino. Biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. 
I should have just quarantined myself for the two weeks after chemo. I just I freaked out, and I'm not here to pretend to be smarter than you. Like, oh, look, you idiots. I did the, I was, I was, no, I was the idiot. It was dumb. I should have waited for the science. Like, it's starting to materialize to come out. It's just, still gets under my skin to this day. Stupid. Waited for the science. No. We knew the COVID risk was low early on. We knew about vitamin C, vitamin D, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, a number of other different drugs that were used to do what? Treat the symptoms. That's what doctors are supposed to do before they got taken over by these hospital systems, by these hospital and insurance policies that drive what the doctor's allowed to do now. They have stripped them of their authority and their power through this centralization around government control, around that government monopoly on the science or the practice of medicine. The science was to do nothing, stay inside, follow the CDC death care, inject the repurposed AZT drug remdesivir, get an IV with the no diuretic drug that shuts down your kidneys, drowns you in your own fluid for a vasculature disease. It's insanity. They call it COVID pneumonia to justify their pandemic, and then the trillions start rolling in. That was their plan. And of course, Health Spotlight, presented by Community Health Network. Oh, Community Health Network. What is that? Well, it's one of these hospital networks, except they're not just an emergency room hospital network in Indiana. They also have a big oncology center where they treat cancers, and they also have a big cardiac-focused hospital system where they treat, you know, heart attacks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and they also uh, run the clinics for some of the Walgreens in the area. So, you know, they're really like a full service. This is probably why they have community in the name because first they'll inject you with the shot that gives you heart problems, blood clots, or cancers, and then they'll treat you at their hospitals. See, complete cycle care here, folks. And what are they doing? They're funding... The news. Well, tonight's health spotlight. The news that is scaring you to death with bullshit propaganda to make you fear and go running to get the shots. Emerging new research shows a growing number of transplant recipients are suddenly rejecting their new organ. Scientists say the COVID. Well, um, hold on now. Maybe, just maybe, it wasn't the best idea to force everyone getting a transplant to get vaccinated then, was it? If now it's causing rejection of transplants? Vaccine could be to blame. Joining us now to explain Dr. Baffled, Dr. Mary Gillis. Mary. Alexis, Phil, according to a new study published in the Journal of Clinical Medicine, acute corneal allografts are being rejected by immunized patients who've undergone the procedure. Researchers say the underlying cause could be tied to a systematic inflammatory response elicited by the shot. I'm sorry. Wait, Dr. Baffled, that's not possible. Because we were told that the shot stays in the deltoid muscle. It doesn't go all over the body. So you are clearly spreading misinformation, suggesting that this anything could be system-wide because it doesn't go system-wide. 
except we know that it does. And that was just another lie that they told. The cornea is the outermost layer of your eye. Corneoglyphs are used to restore vision, reduce eye pain, and improve the appearance of a damaged cornea. The surgery is known to be one of the most successful transplant procedures with low rejection rates. Japanese researchers compiled data from 23 studies, a total of 23 eyes from 21 patients who had undergone corneal graft procedures were assessed. Graft rejection occurred anywhere from one day to six weeks after vaccination in all patients. Some who underwent the procedure as far back as 20 years ago. In the paper, study authors write, as the virus continues to spread, additional booster COVID-19 vaccines are expected. Therefore, proper follow-up of corneal allograft recipients and interventions to prevent corneal allograft rejection after they receive the COVID-19 vaccine may be crucial. Probably a good idea. Among the list of emerging complications linked to the vaccine are blood clots, heart inflammation, and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Reporting from the newsroom, I wish TV's medical reporter, Dr. Mary Gillis. There you go, folks. She's repeated the CDC warnings, so her conscience is clear. Dr. Baffle, go right back about your day. She's actually she's actually kind of hot. She's got the Angelina Jolie look going on there. Okay. I'm watching, you know, people falling face forward in China and wondering what is that? People walking around hazmat suits. It moves to Italy. We start hearing these incredibly, it sounds like very high numbers. And even I was like... So this is the... Highwire interview with Joseph Latipo. He's the Florida Surgeon General. And I want you, I've cut some clips out of it that I want you to watch. And I'm going to be a little hard on Dell here and criticize this quite a bit because I think it deserves it. Right. We'll, we'll get into more of that later. But let's... look, I don't know what that is. I was thinking, I don't know if it's a bioweapon. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I question all narratives. So, in terms of the data, the data, you know, we were. See him touches in his nose. That's self-doubt. He didn't know. Probably the first reports might have been in December of 2019 or January yeah. of 2020. And I it was following the articles that were coming out. And it, it certainly appeared to be very threatening. And I, I've got to say that. Of course, we just showed you what we knew by May, right? That take vitamin C, take vitamin D. You've greatly greatly improve your odds of not being hospitalized or dying from COVID. It, I was, I would say that I was basically asleep in terms of recognizing the fact that there are entities that have very deep agendas mm-hmm. at what role individuals and what powers individuals should have. So I was very late to awakening to that. Okay. And, and that's become very... And remember, he's admitted, I was one of these clueless indoctrinated doctors. Very apparent now. So it appeared that a lot of people were unfortunately dying based on what was reported. Now I would be much more skeptical about what the actual numbers are, because that's not what we're getting, right? We're just Mm -hmm. getting these images. And of course, he's talking about died from versus died with COVID. But he's really clueless, I think, that the deaths, or at least he's not talking about it, that the deaths were created with this PCR fraud that was used to generate these false positives, right? Because they just amped the cycles up. And I took, here, let's do this actually. I'm gonna bring up a calculator here and whoops, bear with me. I wasn't actually, there we go. Okay, so let's say I take a swab sample from somebody and I've got, five particles on it. Okay. So I'm going to put 
five in right there. And I run it through uh, 45 cycles. Okay. That's going to give me that number. That is a 28 with 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, uh, 27, 30, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 30 zeros behind it, okay? But let's say I've got five samples and I only cycle it mm, 27 times now. Oh, no, that's the wrong number. <laughs> Hold on. So I've got those same five particles and I only cycle it 27 times because remember what happened. Fauci came in once the vaccines rolled out and set a new standard for vaccination. Well, now I've got one with 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21 zeros behind it. Massive, massive orders of magnitude difference between the last number and this one. 30 zeros versus 21 zeros. So what they did was manipulate these tests to create the pandemic, to create the cases. This may, you know, there's some competing theories on this, but this may be where the flu went that year because they were engaged in such fraud with these PCR tests. And of course, uh, Carrie Ellis, the inventor of the PCR test, he's pointed out, uh, no, it shouldn't be used that way. It's not, it's not the way it was designed. It's not proper. It's not a tool to diagnose infection. They're very striking and quite powerful. So I was taking all that in, but I, at the same time, something that, that I did not lose sight of is, was my relationship with, with liberty and freedom and how important those principles are to a functioning society. So that's got to be guarded. No matter what's happening on the other side of your fence, that's got to be guarded. Freedom and liberty. Okay. What about, Joseph, what's happening in your own backyard? That's what I'm concerned about, what you have control over. And I think that's where I have my biggest problem His with that. close connection with the importance of liberty. Now, he's talking about DeSantis here and his relationship with him. And the appreciation that some people have a completely different agenda. I mean, he is very clear on that. Mm -hmm. So, and he sees that for what it is, because so often it hides, right? Yeah. It's hiding behind QR codes. It's not hiding. It's compromised government propaganda, organized and created to manipulate us as we're going to get into later on in the show to go down the path that serves them, not us. For vaccine status that are made to make your life more convenient. You know, it hides behind uh, protecting the vulnerable. So, you know, your, your you know, three-year-old needs to wear a stupid mask all day, uh, you know, during, during preschool. It's so important for you to take these vaccines that even if losing your job and not being able to feed your family or having to relocate, completely turn your life upside down, it's more important that you, you know, if it's a duty for all. It hides behind, behind things like that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that people that push that they don't care about hurting people. It's not, they care about their agenda. 
And DeSantis is, I mean, he has very clear, mm. he's able to, to, to tease that out like, very easily. Did he? Okay. Of course, stopping their agenda, like I think he was talking about there. Sorry, I got a little distracted with the technical thing. Um, it means taking away their money, their power, and their control, their monopoly. That's what enables all of this. And I think that's where these guys really fall short, okay? They are really, frankly, more of a political institution in terms of their communication rather than an institution. That He's talking about the so-called experts like Fauci and Bricks and the others. They are completely compromised. That's what they are. Cares about integrity. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's it's not over, I don't think, because I think with these COVID-19 shots, there's going to be, you know, the evidence for problems with safety is increasing. I mean, that- Wait, there, there's going to be evidence? What about the thousand excess deaths per day that we're seeing right now? The current 367,000 young people that have died since these shots have been rolled out the you know there there are multiple issues i mean there you know there have been studies yeah, that have been published about sperm counts about sperm motility about you know menstrual cycles changes there have been studies that have shown that exposure to the vaccines is associated with increased risk for example of of shingles which is a reactivation essentially of the virus that causes mm-hmm. chickenpox and a number of other conditions so the you know the bad news is is sort of it just keeps kind of getting ignored, but I believe that the bad news will get to a point where it can't be ignored, and particularly for example with myocarditis, both clinical and subclinical, mm-hmm. in adolescent boys. Of course, what is he talking in the paradigm of, you know, what's been officially acknowledged with the CDC, not the reality and. They're gonna do try and do the same thing. They're like, there's no question. They're gonna not take any responsibility. You know, they'll make up some some BS storyline for why what they did before was right when it wasn't. And yeah. many of, of us said that. And I I hope that that people don't don't fall for it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that false paradigm and that overlooking things and blaming someone else. Uh, because, you know, I think there's something that you're doing along those lines and it's this right here. These are the vax noodles, as I call them, the white rubbery string looking things that are building in the veins of the vaccinated. Okay. It's happening in Joseph's state. And I like, where the hell is Dell big tree on this? He's writing a leadership book. And he doesn't have his own house in order because he's they're they're not talking about this in Florida. Every week, I guarantee you, there are they are doing autopsies and finding these in people's bloods. It's been happening since the summer of last year, coming up on a year and a half now that these have started appearing mostly in the vaccinated, but I believe it's a direct result of spike protein exposure. And people are dropping dead at alarming rates, 1,000-plus excess deaths per day right now. 
Embalmers are finding these, and the story finally broke here this week. Mysterious fibrous clots are showing up inside people who have recently died. Some embalmers say the clots are found in most corpses these days, and they've never seen anything like it before. And a warning that some viewers may find the images in this report disturbing. Several embalmers across the country told the Epic Times they've been observing... So the Epic Times finally did a story on this. Now, this is the alternative media, okay, reporting on what's going on with these blood clots. And this is Richard Hirschman. ...because they're exceptionally big, at a maximum as long as a human leg and as thick as a pinky finger. They're also finding these in the unvaccinated. I'm betting those are people with high spike exposures from their environments that they're in. 70% of all corpses he works with these days, up from 5 to 10% prior to the pandemic. It's not yet known if the new clots are caused by COVID-19, the vaccines, or something different. However, many of the embalmers say from what they've found, it seems like the clots are connected to the vaccine. Some doctors speculate that the spike protein used in the vaccines can cause string-like structures which the body doesn't break down. Not the spike protein, but the resulting amyloidosis, the fibrils, the body's trying to soak those up to keep them from floating around and causing problems. And they just keep coming because the body, after getting these shots especially, just keeps pumping out spike after spike after spike after spike. And this is where these are coming from. This is not the spike protein, but the result, the the end result of the spike protein. The clots found are lacking iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, which according to experts shows that these aren't just normal post-mortem clots because normal human blood always has those nutrients. And earlier today, I spoke with one such embalmer, Richard Hirschman from Alabama. He tells us more about discovering these clots and what compelled him to speak out. Richard Hirschman, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stefani. I'm glad to be here. Now, tell me, why did you choose to share your findings? Well, I decided to share my findings because I felt like humanity may be at stake. There's definitely something that has changed that I have noticed in the blood since the middle of last year. Middle maybe of around last May year. or June of 2021. And it's been eating at me and therefore I have to come out and speak to say, hey, something's wrong. Most doctors aren't gonna see what I see and I have to get it out there because I feel- And he is, I think, an absolute hero for what he's done. I mean, think about all the people seeing these things for the first time, no idea what they are, you know, there's blood clots and then there's these things. These are not blood clots. You heard the chemical analysis. What the hell is going on and why is nobody talking about it, including the people in under, you know, Joseph Lapido is there in Florida and he's in charge of the health and well-being of all the people in Florida. It's like he's supposed to set policies that protect those people. And this is happening on his watch, and him and Dell are saying, fuck all about it. What the hell? And the reality is, this story didn't break this week. It broke almost eight months ago. If you remember, for a long, long time. It was Dr. Jane Ruby. Now, we covered this the week it happened. And what did I say about it? I said, 
oh, uh, you know, this is, I, I believe him. I think it's probably happening, but this is wild. I, I, I'm concerned that nobody else has spoken up about it. It's been happening, he says, for I think this was six months, six, eight months at this point. And he's the first one and only one talking about it. I want to see independent confirmation. And what happened about two weeks later? Dr. Ryan Cole tapped his pathologist network and got several samples from different people and started having conversations about it and confirmed it. So at that point, the story's confirmed and it should have been picked up by the mainstream media. We might have saved some people's lives. But instead, even the alternative media is seven months out because everybody wants to watch the, the handful of big channels. And it's just, it's such a ridiculous environment that this kind of stuff goes unreported for seven months when it's our, you know, and I, and I get it. It's frustrating because Dr. Jane Ruby will come on and talk about the microchips and all this nonsense that's not there. 5G waves are going to control the vaccinated. And all. And she talked, her as well as Stu Peters, talk about some things. Remember the snake venom nonsense? They talk about anything and do very little fact-checking. But this credible source confirmed by other credible sources, where were you? Alternative media. I was talking about it week one, the same week this came out. This was on my show. Confirmed it two weeks later. Here y'all come. Johnny come lately, seven plus months later, breaking the story. We've got to do better. Got to do better. Do y'all remember the Louisville uh, vaccine director, Dr. Mary Beth Hartledge? Here's a, this is my Substack article. I wrote this back in June. Florida medical examiners ruling vaccine death as natural causes. And I'm pointing out here that I believe the Florida Medical Examiner's Office classifying Dr. Sarah Beth Hartledge's death as natural causes flies in the face of the evidence. She was the Associate Medical Director of the Louisville Health Department in charge of the COVID vaccination program and supposedly died from heart disease at age 36 years old. She also had a granulomatous lung disease, which is an autoimmune disease. Great, given what we know these shots do to the immune system, right? I think it is extremely likely that the vaccine caused her death and failing to properly assess the cause of death is doing an incredible disservice to the people of Florida as well as humanity given the dangers of these shots are not being identified properly by Florida medical examiners. I've just recorded a video. This was like 10 minutes long laying out what happened and how the Orlando medical examiner's office ruled her death, natural causes, probably loaded with vax noodles that they found in her veins, but I'm betting they didn't talk about that. And so I called on the Florida Surgeon General, Joseph Latipo, that we just watched, and we're going to see another clip here from in just a second. And I also called uh, Governor Ron DeSantis' office, asking them to reopen the investigation to determine the proper cause of death, review the findings of the autopsies performed by the doctors for COVID ethics to see what to look for and ensure that Florida medical examiners are properly assessing organ tissue uh, affording the aforementioned report, according to the aforementioned report, 
in any unusual death in a vaccinated individual. And I asked you guys, please join me in encouraging State Surgeon General Joseph Latipo and Ron DeSantis to reopen the investigations. Now I sent Joseph an email. And uh, well, I guess he didn't have time to respond to that when it comes to the health and welfare of the people of Florida, what he's getting paid 360 plus thousand dollars a year to do. But he does have time to companies come do this interview and, uh, you know, promote his new book. I had no idea how corrupt these companies were. Cartels, Joseph, they're cartels. They sell deadly products that kill people. They bribe government officials and uh, engage in all sorts of illegal, unlawful, unethical behaviors. They're not companies, they're government-sanctioned cartels. Before the pandemic, I mean, you'd heard stuff, you know, I think Vioxx and other controversies where, you know, these companies basically didn't disclose findings, but this whole pandemic has, has prompted me to just look more closely. And basically, you know, there's a string, a history of, of these pharmaceutical companies clearly, I mean, it is so clear to me now that they have one God, that God is money and profit, Mm -hmm. and it is not health. Absolutely, it's not health. And and they make their decisions from the most base and disgusting place that 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 any any entity could make its decisions. So how can you trust organizations like that? Mm-hmm. But you can't trust them. You've got to regulate them. You need to double check, triple check, quadruple check what they're doing, and you need to have boundaries around around them. Uh-huh. So okay. I have I have less confidence in really. Sort of really everything that um, that they're involved in now. Well, that's good, but uh, regulate them and set boundaries. I mean, that's I'm sure that's a great new idea. I haven't tried that yet. Let me show you how that's going, Joseph. This is I can. This is uh, Dell's 401c3. So what he does, he collects uh, donations into a private charity, a 401c3 charity. Uh, he uses that to fund the Highwire television show that pays him and also some lawsuits and things that uh, Aaron Siri typically sort of heads up and drives to force the data out of these companies and get answers from them. Okay, so they've just done that again right here. ICANN obtains a court order requiring the CDC to uh, release vSafe data that includes over 137 million health entries made after the the COVID-19 gene transfection therapies rolled out, okay? Now, what is it? vSafe is, it's this smartphone app. It's uh, for reporting adverse events. And I want you to notice here, like remember they had the Pfizer trial where you called Pfizer instead of VAERS? And they have the VAERS system that, you know, the doctors are supposed to use, even though the doctors don't actually use it because it's a pain in the ass and crap system. And then you have vSafe as well. So that way they can kind of segment these off. And, um, well, so far, you know, they, they went to them. ICANN went to them and said, we'd like to see that data. We'd like to see those 137 million adverse events or however many there are. And they said, no, you can't see it. And they, and so they sued them 
And they said, the CDC said, well, there's no way that we can de-identify the data, so we can't give it to you. And then they found out that, well, that's exactly what they did for Oracle. So they had to sue them again. And uh, now they've won, and they're going to get the earliest data set at the end of the month on the 30th. So this will tell us what they knew from the adverse events coming in from people who took these shots in the earliest portion of the rollout. And I guarantee you, it's going to show that they absolutely knew and they did nothing. It's exactly 100% what we're about to see. The floodgates are going to open here. And of course, this whole process, this took 10 minutes, uh, sorry, 10 minutes, 10 months for, for them to, you know, win in air quotes. Because I guess this is what should be considered a victory in government world where something this obvious, where they're this obviously lying to the public and trying to obfuscate data should take 10 months to resolve while people are fucking dying from these shots. This is a success story, supposedly, is what they'd like you to believe. And I'm telling you, that is crap. Government will never solve these problems. They have $400 an hour interpreters to use their system because it's so hard to use and navigate. It's no different than the slave making his ex on the contract because he's illiterate. That is not a system that a marketplace, a free marketplace would support. One that gets more complicated and contradictory and overlapping with each passing year. Absurd. So what do we have? Well, now we've got a bunch of people who have engaged in mass murder of the people that actually trusted them to, to save them from the boogeyman that they created while they were lining their pockets to do it. And now reality is setting in for these people. That's why we saw Fauci's behavior. And it's so fitting that, yeah, his science now is a fact check, isn't it? Of course, what do we have going on at the CDC? Well, this right here, um, they were talking about, this is from the Epic Times, they were talking about this PRR, Proportional Reporting Ratio Analysis, that they were doing. They said that they started it in 2021, early 2021, to, you know, uh, monitor for safety signals. Well, they lied about that. They actually started in March of 2022, and that's kind of what this is outlining here. Uh, days after Epic Times sent a FOIA request in saying, let us see the data. And they had to say, oh, no, we weren't doing it. It's not our purview. And then they started doing it a few days later. And they did it for four months. And then they took that data and they supposedly compared it with the FDA, where it, of course, showed no benefit over what the FDA was doing. So then they shut it down. Okay. And, well, Ron Johnson has asked about this. Why are you guys lying constantly about this data? What the hell is going on? And he was getting stonewalled and ignored. And well, now Lewinsky has finally responded. And here's the letter that she sent back to Ron Johnson. Uh, what it states, there's a couple paragraphs here. She basically says that there were weekly tables that were provided to Epic Times. And she's, of course, pointing to VAERS. And she notes that, you know, there were some 
revised descriptions. So problem solved, we fix this. Meanwhile, there, she's turned over no analysis. There's no way to validate what they've done. Look at their assumptions, ensure that they're correct. This is a total and complete intentional deflection because they know what it showed. Because they are mass murderers who line their pockets and now reality is setting in. And there's another paragraph right here. Um, this is just literally spitting in the face of accountability. They're claiming that empirical Bayesian analysis that the FDA is doing is better than the PRR that they were doing, that they said they were doing, that they weren't doing, that then they said is not their purview and the FDA is doing, but then they started doing it anyway. And then they stopped. And uh, yeah, um, no, you can't see the data. You can't see the data where they took the PRR and compared it to the FDA's Bayesian analysis. And they said, uh, you know, if you want that, if you want the FDA's data, you should go get it from them. And well, you know what the FDA said? Well, it's interagency uh, memorandums, so you're going to have to sue, and then maybe you'll get to see it. This is government working. These are the laws and regulations that they've wrote. Getting the right people in doesn't fix this. It doesn't fix it. I'm sorry. And this whole idea that we need government to protect us is nonsense. It really is. And I want to take you right here to one of my favorite Substack authors, Bad Catitude, Elgato Mallow himself. He's starting off this story, we need government to protect us from dot, dot, dot. And he's got a meme here that I rather like. It says, check out this book I found. It's two girls. It's full of myths and things that don't exist. Unicorns, fairies, big government that led to free people. We are in a basic, basically a free range livestock farm. You are the product. You are the livestock. You are the wage slave that earns money for them that they get to skim off the top feed to their friends, reward their friends, punish their enemy, but in no way are they ever coming to safeguard your liberty as Joseph Latipo wants you to believe and DeSantis wants you to believe. Didn't DeSantis sign the bill that allowed forced vaccinations in Florida while he was talking up, ending all the mandates and so forth? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Nobody wants to talk about that though, right? The enduring tale of government is what we need to protect us and that if we did not have some sort of habit, some sort of Mad Max warlord would pertain in which roving predators would enslave us if somebody managed not to die from eating unregulated, unregulated falafel, falafel or using the wrong kind of child seed in a car. Of course, the flip side of this tale is that the thesis has already happened. And that we have simply become so accustomed to it that the warlords in charge have been widely mistaken for some intrinsic aspect of existence instead of the governance with which the consent of the governed that is mostly that it mostly constitutes. Hey, it's just half your income, right? It's actually a little more. It's more like 60 plus percent when you add up all the taxes that you pay in your lifetime. Government is indeed about protecting interest. It's just not about protecting your interest. It's about protecting theirs, their bureaucracy, their pensions, 
their ability to extract our wealth. That's, that's me ad-libbing there. Rather than serving the people and securing the so-called blessings of liberty in their name, it serves itself and its, its own and the bigger and more technocratic a state becomes, the more this shall be so. This is what this quote is about here. From Frederick Bastiat says, when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men in society, over the course of time, they will create for themselves a legal system that authorizes it and a moral code that glorifies it. And that is 100% exactly what's happening here. It has been a surreal, it has been on surreal display these last three years and bizarre illogic and privilege of it has reached the pivot the point where all over the world, people got a truly good gander behind the curtain and are starting to ask real questions about all these agents and agencies. This sort of thinking has vaulted into the mainstream and we need to nurture this. This is the time when we demand rollback. Now, if he's saying rollback, I would say decentralization because at the root of this evil is the monopoly on violence. We can't have the practice of medicine being monopolized by the government. We need to marketize these functions and allow competition, allow choice, allow freedom and liberty, which these guys in government only want to talk a good game of because they're not rolling back the power of the state to fix these problems. They just want to get the right people in, and that supposedly is going to fix it. Spoiler alert, it's not. Going back to the article, it's obvious both that the state serves ends other than ours and how entitled it has become about such pursuits. The rot has become completely systemic. It exists everywhere at all scales. None of the malfeasance ever seemed to go away. Remember the IRS 87,000 agents? It was the guy who was targeting tea parties that's going to be in charge of them. Sounds great, doesn't it? The same government that sought to hide the vaccine data for 75 years refuses to measure the side effects rates for the vaccines. That's the CDC story we just covered. Or report all-cause deaths and cancers. That's the upgrade that we went through in great detail when we talked about the ethical skeptics uh, work. All the while, manipulating the media messaging. That's the CDC and the White House engaged in censorship with this targeted censorship of so-called misinformation, which was proven, by the way, to be actually correct and true. Engaging in widespread narrative-based censorship of culpability in Wuhan viral research and then tapped the very same people who orchestrated the weaponization of the IRS against political foes and claimed their dog ate the homework when caught to run the unprecedented expansion of the IRS. Folks are annoyed, but mostly... They just do nothing as the careening corruption continues. People talk about it like it's the weather. Everyone knows this is going to lead to no good, but it's just sort of taken as written that no one can stop it and that this is just not quite the fight to pick. We just expect things like this of government, and at a certain point, this becomes the problem. Of course, what happened in Israel, the Ministry of Health? Uh, well, uh, they actually hired a panel of experts to look at this shot, okay, and determine the risks and so forth. And, uh, well, it didn't work out so well. The experts were very concerned by what they saw, and the Ministry of Health subsequently misrepresented the findings, stating that there were no new adverse events found and that there was no new signal, everything's fine here. 
None of these events that did happen were caused by the vaccines, even though the researchers who put the report together said exactly the opposite, right? And then what did they do? They sat on the reports for two months. They said, well, I mean, it's, uh, look how many doses we gave. Look at the number of adverse events. Not an issue here. And then they sat on the reports for two months and didn't give them to the expert committee that met later in June to decide on recommending the vaccine to children under five, which rings that cash register for the pharmaceutical cartels. They decided we'll just kill some children to line our pockets. So I'll have that million dollar a year job in corner office. I don't really have to do anything for it at the pharmaceutical cartel because I made them tens of billions of dollars. Government that was mandating vaccines and passports knowingly and deliberately suppressed the side effect data on these drugs to hide a blatant safety signal. Their chief concern was not how do we stop harming our people? It was how do we keep from getting sued? Does this seem like a government protecting you? And here's the video saying here we need to think in a medio legal way. Why? Because for quite a few, few events, we said, okay, they exist. There is a report, but please get the vaccine meaning we need to think about how we write it and present it in a correct way so that this will not yield court cases. Wait a moment. You said this will go away and vaccination should be continued and now see what happened to me. They are actively talking about how not to get sued for the people that they harm because they hid the data and lied and, and misled people. These are crimes against humanity. Kids are dead. These people need a swing from the gallows for what they've done. And honestly, compared to what the CDC and NIH have been doing, this is kid stuff. This behavior is absolutely endemic. It's happening across the agency, right? California, or across the, the government. California teachers unions just got caught paying for oppo research to dig dirt on parents whose heinous crimes were wanting to get their kids back to school in person. <laughs> there are these people organizing the state to work against the people, securing their own interests, because that's what the bureaucracy, the bureaucrats do. They take care of themselves first, you second if they want to. Of course, the Hunter Biden story, litany of graft, pay for play, kicking money, uh, right to a U.S. presidential candidate for peddling influence was vast, and they lied, suppressed the story, silenced a whistleblower, and influenced the election. He's, of course, talking about the FBI, who acknowledged that that story got out. It would have affected the result, the outcome of the election. So they labeled the laptop as misinformation, and now they're admitting that it's real. The FBI rigged the election, and they've acknowledged it through their statements. Who's going to hold them accountable? And the answer is nobody. There is still nothing being done. The son of the president has made tens of millions, perhaps more selling influence, and the police cannot be bothered to notice. Uh, what are we to call that, if not prerogatives of warlords to do as they will while you may not? And an interesting story. Apparently, Biden's in court saying he's unemployed and can't pay child support and hasn't had any income. I wonder what's going on there. Did they tell him to stop taking the bribes all of a sudden? <laughs> and what choices does one have to navigate 
such a system? All right, it's a fair question. Here's Aaron McClantry on Twitter. Democracy is a dead man walking. Each side has declared every election they lose fraudulent for literally my entire adult life. We will continue to go through the motions because no one knows what else to do. But voting is a true mechanism as a true mechanism for legitimization is dead. And and here's another one town hall. It's in response to a townhall.com tweet. If we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen. What about the 2016 election? And we played you that clip last week of all the Democrats saying the election was stolen. They all say that. It's just a game that they play to keep you guys in the dark. In the richest, most technologically advanced country in the history of countries, we can't devise a system to count and verify votes with a perfect trustworthy accuracy. It's just what beyond our grasp. It would be the work of six months to create a verified, audible, and indelible system to tally and validate votes in real time using open source systems, using blockchain that, that already exists, You can have a private vote where nobody can see it was you that voted, but there is a cryptographic link. You would have a voting window where you could change your votes and you could have companies in there mining that data to to track the changes over time. It would totally change um, elections and election coverage. There'd be no more polls because you'd have real-time voting data and people could change their mind through the voting window up, up until the cutoff time, right? But we don't have that. The warlords do not want that. That's accountability and honesty. The wretched state of the current system with its risible security and 2,000 opportunities to cheat and lie and malign is not a bug. It is the key feature of the system. Nobody in power wants, to, wants it to work. They just want to put their thumbs on the scale and form it politically useful outrage. The election was stolen. They want to undermine any sense that you can make a difference and turn election after election into a cat hoop as the parties switch positions, but nothing really goes anywhere. You just got to put the, the red team in charge, guys, and we, they will come in and they're going to fix everything. This is the intent of the game. Consider the possibility that keeping this threat right at the edge of maybe we should do something is the key feature of the system of subjugation. Yeah. They push and push and push, and then they back off, give you a little breathing room to get used to the new normal, and then push, 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 take some more, and then back off a little bit. They will take and take, and the moment you start to push back, they will stop and allow you to acclimate to the new incursion, and once you do, they will start taking again until you have, inch by inch, drifted miles from anything you would have once deemed acceptable as you hope, quote, somebody will do something to save us, maybe Q, right? Q's going to save us. Frogs in the boiling pot, folks. Each outrage is never quite the straw that makes you buck, but their sum breaks your back in the end. But it sure looks different when you step back and start to encompass the totality of what's been taken and what's coming next, doesn't it? Vaccine passports, CBDCs that control your spending on a per-transaction basis, Oh, we didn't like that you gave that company money, that organization money. We didn't like that you were trying to spend outside your quarantine during a lockdown with a curfew. We've already fined you and taken that money out of your account. Or, I mean, it's their account that you get basically a credit at the company store. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? And now they'll be able to track you by every purchase 
every exchange you make, unless you abandon their debt-based paradigm system of control and subjugation and start using crypto and privacy tokens. Getting, that's all, by the way, that's me ad-libbing again. Probably hard to tell with this article because I think we probably think quite a lot alike. And the next incursion will still seems too small to warrant action for real change Then which one will be. And that's the thing. They have set the bar so high for people to get mad enough to do something that nothing ever gets done. How many of you want to give up your homes and be homeless and out fighting the government or something? That's what the revolutionaries did. Because it's never just one more thing. There will always be another and another and another without end until each submission makes the next easier. And I talk about that. They're never going to wake up one day and said, no, we've done it. We've got the perfect laws in place. We're stopping here. We're good. Government has grown big enough. And we're just going to, no, they're just going to keep taking because they have misaligned incentives. So perhaps it's time to draw the line and say, no more. If not you, who? If not now, when? There's another meme here of sheep going into the meat packing. Someone's saying, we should mount a resistance. And the other sheep is saying, now is not the time. How many people say that? It's, it's not the proper time to call out one of the royals for being a pedophile at the funeral. That was so disrespectful. How dare you? How much thought have you had about what would need to be changed in, at the CDC, the NIH, Health and Human Services? Are those thoughts that are going on in your mind? They do. They do. I do think you need a purge of some of the, and maybe a lot, of the, of the individuals, particularly in leadership positions, who, are, who think that it's more important to have a specific message than to be aligned with data. And even at lower levels, and I think it's, I think, you know, I, I would even sort of pitch it as, as it's, you know, we can leave on friendly terms. You know, this is the new mission. Mm-hmm. If you're not on board with this mission, then, you know, we'll find a way, you know, it, it, you, you ought not to be part of our organization. Right. And we've got nothing against you, but this is what we're doing now. And I, I think, I think that's important. And I hope that, that happens. And I hope it happens soon. Now, I like Dell. I like the high wire. I think they are absolutely the gold standard for, you know, coverage of what's happening with these vaccines. And they have done tremendous amounts of good and been uh, tremendous contributors to moving the ball down the field and getting these people accountable and getting this information out there. And yet Dell completely misses the boat with this interview. He fails to address the elephant in the room and that is the 367,000 excess deaths since these shots were rolled out, the vax noodles appearing in the veins of the, of the deceased. And you know what? Like, this fails to address the reality of what we just covered, of what the CDC is doing to actively obfuscate transparency and the safety data for a shot that's been given to hundreds of millions of people, billions of people around the world. And a victory is when we get them to give us the data 10 months later. Insanity. 
what would happen? I mean, talk about a re- renaissance. I mean, I, am I? Do you think it's it's crazy to think we could see putting the right people in positions that we could change the this stranglehold by pharma on the medical decisions in our government that the right players and certainly the right president making those choices could have oh, yeah. a, a giant effect. Totally, I mean, it's definitely possible and. You know, and you're right, but you have to pick the right people to do it. And I think, you know, it, it is actually one of the things that um, I talk about in my book is how people become the right people. You know, you really know. When- oh, oh, he's got a book to talk about leadership because, you know, he's pointing the finger at everyone else and not really paying attention to the three pointing back at him where these vaccine injuries are going undocumented, not being talked about, and people are being, uh, families are being told, oh, these are natural deaths when any, it couldn't be further from the truth. Get the right people. Did you notice, by the way, the Illuminati hand sign that he had up here? That's always great to see. Very encouraging when you're talking about our putting the right people in positions that we could change the this stranglehold by pharma on the medical decisions in our government that right the right here. players that? and certainly the right, right. president That's, making those choices I mean, could have oh yeah a, might just be coincidental but interesting timing for that to pop up right how people become the right people you know you really know when you have the right people when there's a crisis and they perform in a way that has integrity and... See, here's the problem. Getting the right people doesn't fix that you don't have the right incentives. Governments are incentivized in ways that are completely different from the marketplace, right? When they fail, they get rewarded for failure with additional responsibility, with additional personnel, have another 87,000 agents or with additional money to spend. And, you know, when the private market, when a company in the private market fails, they go out of business. They lose the ability to do things their way anymore. And of course, governments, they don't have any competition because they have a monopoly that they grant themselves by swinging, wielding the, the guns of government violence around at anyone who dares to compete against them. So they are completely isolated from these market signals and you will never get the right people because you don't have the right incentives. And this is, you know, another thing, this is Spooner. If you remember 150 years ago, the mail carrier that said the government was too big back then because they were arresting him for out competing with the U S postal service. And what did he point out in his essay? He pointed out that, you know, anyone tells you we can get the right people in and that will fix it is lying because they don't know who the successors are. They have no control over that. You don't know what the successors are going to do or how they'll use the power that they've been granted, how the bureaucracy will change the process to skirt the controls that you try and implement over time. You don't control any of that. So anyone telling you we just got to get the right people in hasn't really thought their position through logically. And, you know, reason and, you know, is also emotionally intelligent. 
It's not just intelligence up here, right? It's heart intelligence, emotional intelligence, intelligence about people and, and how people feel and react and respond. And, you know, and then you've got leaders that, you know, they can, that, that have the best chance of guiding through tremendous forces and opposition. Mm. Mm. We need healthier people in government. Yeah. 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 That'll fix it. That'll fix it. No, it won't. See, Dell and Joseph, government power attracts the, soci- the soci- sociopaths, the psychopaths. It attracts those controlled by greed and power attracted to it. It's irresistible to them. The problem is the power, not the people. You have to fix the incentives, which what does that mean? That means we get rid of these public health agencies and we allow the marketplace to innovate and provide those services in the best way it sees fit. Kind of like what we have with UL. Anything that you plug into the wall that you go to the store and buy likely has a UL sticker. That's not a government organization. That's a private testing lab that Walmart and other big retailers won't sell without that certification if it plugs in. Why? Because they guarantee the safety and efficacy of the products that these retailers um, sell to customers so that they're not liable. So it takes away some of the liability for them. And with government, they don't have that. Like they can just keep screwing up and keep screwing up and like, here's the next one. And have it out in front of the public. Would that, would that we just, we're going to get them all together and we'll have a public meeting and that will bring accountability. Work? No. I think a government can do that if it's fearless. I think it is a good idea. I mean, I think that it also would engender trust because you're not afraid of people disagreeing. You're not afraid of letting people think for themselves and make their own decisions. But I think that's a great idea. We've, we've actually discussed potentially doing something like that at different times in, in Florida. It doesn't fix the flawed incentives. It rewards failure. There's no competition. They're incentivized to lie, to cover up when they do things wrong because it just makes them look bad. They mislead over the truth. The bureaucracy will skirt the process just as we've seen from the CDC, from the FDA, from the NIAID. When they went and and used EcoHealth as a cutout after gain of function was banned by Obama and Fauci just used his CIA cutout buddy Peter Daszak at EcoHealth to continue the work and be a third-party payer to ensure that the bioweapon kept progressing or the Ministry of Health in Israel that just lied to people, sat on the data, didn't give it to the advisory committee so that they would be misled as well and kids would die so the pharma cartels could ring their cash register. But, you know, if we can just get the right people in, that will fix all of this, folks. All of it. For good. And it's not a revolution where we just revolve around and get the right people in there and then the same process happens again and our children's children get to fight this battle. No, no, that won't. What? that's not what's happening. Come on. How long are we going to keep playing this stupid game while they extract our wealth, take away our freedoms, and destroy our lives? Lying to us, extorting us. And I guess, you know, 
I don't know. Nobody seems to want to do anything, right? What can you do? It's, it's a government. The system's going to come crashing down, folks. Turn this on. Of course, here's another example. Two days ago, the New York Times posted an investigation into politicians trading stocks. They found that 81 Democrats and 101 Republicans filed up to 3,700 trades and 100 million in possible volume. Many had 100% winners. Wow, they are so talented, those congressmen, with some perfectly timed trades. Here's an example of just how good they were. And this is a thread from uh, Chris Josephs uh, on Twitter. And I've read through this thread. It's just example after example of these politicians gaming the system that they control, that they've monopolized and centralized power around. And they are as much of the problem as the bad actors. There are no good actors in government. And they will never right this ship. Okay, They will just exploit it and continue exploiting it until it slips under the waves. That's how this ends, folks. When the currency crashes and the whole thing falls apart. And then they come in and they implement their new plan. Sure, it's going to be better than what we had, right? Another, another is, uh, you know, they put in there, because I don't know if you want to go there. I, I do. You know, this whole QAnon thing, right? So this is General Flynn talking about QAnon being a PSYOP. I want you to listen to what he's got to say here. I mean, I, I've been very uh, uh, public and, and outspoken about it because they try to tag me. I mean, one organization that I will mention, Vice. Vice has like a four-part series right now about me and QAnon, you know. And, and, I, and I raise this because, you know, I, I understand what it is. I see the, the different things in social media. But, I have, but they want to tag me as though I'm the guy, you know. And, and to me, one of the things that I do know about our government is our government's ability to uh, project and our government's ability to put together uh, uh, disinformation campaigns, psychological operations and psychological campaigns. Information warfare is something that our government gets involved in. I've been part of uh, campaigns for information warfare on, on the battlefield against uh, the likes of Al Qaeda and ISIS and other enemies that we have faced. And, uh, and we use we use uh, we use deception. We use, you know, outright lies. We use misinformation. We use disinformation, meaning the intentional use of information to to sway uh, your audience. Uh, Probably something like this right here. Perfect example. I was just offered four hundred dollars to make an anti Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January sixth investigation. That is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation. Good Info Foundation. They love to use these names that are exactly the opposite of what they're doing right? And that she was willing to offer. They love to just throw it in your face because you all are so stupid that they can just get away with it. For a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th. I said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're going to follow it. 
these are the specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th capital raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack on my country, an attack on America or Americans, a criminal conspiracy and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans. I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved. And Remember the speech that we broke down a uh, week before last, I think? What was the whole point of that? What did I point out there? Carrot and stick. The carrot was Biden getting up there and spouting all the MAGA talking points without saying MAGA. And the stick was MAGA Trump supporters are extremists and terrorists. That was the stick. It's exactly the paradigm that this is being, that's being pushed here with deep state Soros money. Most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agency so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan. And I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen. So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston. If you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure, I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested, and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. They further cry that we are in an information crisis. War. And you know the crazy thing about all of that? Information. They're right. Warfare. And they love to throw it in your face. Remember the whole thing about democracy? That was the most said word. Tout like orders of magnitude, more most used word than the second one in the list. They're attacking democracy. They're a threat to democracy. On and on and on. I really do believe that it is some type of government campaign. Maybe it's being done by, uh, you know, uh, ultra government uh, uh, um, uh, organizations, you know, that are working on behalf of it. But you know, if something was so, you know, like all these things that people talk about, these, these crazy ideas about, well, you know, Trump is still the president and Trump is still in charge. And, and you know, I mean, do I think that Donald Trump won the election? Yes, I do. I absolutely believe he won the election. I absolutely believe that we have proven without a, without a doubt that uh, that Donald Trump won the election. No doubt. The, the amount of, uh, you know, what, what should we do about it? Maybe we run. Maybe we run uh, uh, elections in, in a couple of counties. Maybe we rerun the election. Maybe, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're definitely in an unprecedented time. But for this, this idea that there is some plan or something that's going to happen, you know, the, and I keep telling people, the plan is we the people. The plan is you and I. The plan is me and guys like me and people like me getting out there to encourage people to get involved in the everyday life of this country. That's the plan. That's it.
It's that simple. All this other stuff is exactly what it is, is nonsense. And be very circumspect, be very uh, cautious as to what you believe and follow those organizations that are fact-based organizations that are unapologetic about being and telling the truth. That Not just unapologetic about being and telling the truth, but willing to admit their mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes. It's whether or not you come out and acknowledge them or not that's really important that gets us to the truth. Don't attack the person, but attack the issue, right? I'm, I would be okay with somebody debating me or attacking the issues that I stand for. No problem. No problem. I, but don't, the, I don't think he would like very much the issues that I would attack, which is the foundation of democracy and watch it crumble like sand. Don't think he'd like that very much. But Trump, he likes somebody. Meeting with the world ladies, the biggest, uh, most important people in the world, and we're bringing back tremendous business in the United States, and they're all here to see. Uh, I'll be making a speech, and then we'll be leaving shortly. Uh, but I think it's very important. Uh, the other's just a hoax. It's the witch hunt that's been going on for years, and it's frankly, it's disgraceful. But uh, we look forward to being here. Klaus has done a fantastic job. And again, we're meeting with the big, biggest companies in the world, the biggest businesses in the world, and world leaders, all for the benefit of the United States. We look forward to the meetings. What up? Why not have witnesses? Can on climate change, Mr. President? Well, I'm a big believer in uh, the environment. The environment to me is very important. Thank you. What Thank about well, great people there at the World Economic Forum now pushing climate change on all of us. Lots of psyops, right? Having served on battlefields at certain levels and, and served in organizations like, you know, I was at, I was a senior intelligence officer for the United States Central Command out of, uh, out of uh, McDill. And we were responsible at that time for, I think it was 27 nations, all of, all of East Africa, uh, Southwest Asia and Central Asia. And we had different, uh, we had different campaigns going on, right? We would have, uh, misinformation, disinformation, psyop uh, campaigns going on to to get audiences to get the the you know the enemy to think one way to get the friendlies to think one way. That's a constant of warfare, right? That's a constant of war. That's been throughout the history of warfare, and some some would define it as fifth generation warfare. Information but, warfare. Um, I, so I'm speculating, but I'm speculating with a with a level of expertise that is beyond what most people have. So. This is, this is something that I, and, and, and I've said this before, this is something that I can see our government, uh, is some, and they're gonna go crazy on this, but I can see our government, uh, uh, you know, somewhere at some level putting something like this together, mm. but, but bifurcating it from the government and turning it over to another, another body, right? And, and, uh, and that's why, you know, will anybody ever know where the money gets spent by the security state? Not unless I get back into government. Give him the ring. Know. Give him the ring and he'll fix everything. I like the way that rhymes. <laughs> yeah, it never ends. These people are always just vying back and forth for more power and control as the government gets bigger and more out of control with each passing year. And they will never stop. They will never surrender until it collapses and they have no other option. That's how this ends with a lot of dead people from these shots.
that they used this monstrosity that they've created to totally dominate us, get you in fear, and push you to line up for their ultimate solution, folks. And by the way, the the Durham probe that was going to be the big savior, come in and save the day, according to Q, it's wrapping up with no further charges. What do they get? Like one guy, I think? (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to reality, folks. There is no grand plan, no one coming to save us, I don't think. I mean, there's, there's some weird things going on. The Guidestones, the AT&T building, I don't know what that was. Can't really explain it, but maybe nobody's coming, right? Maybe we get to fix this. Maybe we get to realize and get other people to realize that these systems, they just don't serve us anymore. They're never going to serve us. They're going to serve themselves because that's what they're incentivized to do. And getting the right people in there does not fix the problem. The problem is the monopoly on violence. The problem is the power. The problem is the people that that attracts. And you will never fix that until you fix those flawed incentives. And the way to do that is to let the marketplace figure it out. All right, that's it, folks. I'm Sam I Am. Thank you all very much. Um, so much there, but I, I think that really paints the landscape of kind of what's happening with all these lawsuits. The Epic Times is foying the requests back and forth with the FDA over the um, comparison that they were doing to get those records. We're about to have this flood unleashed. I really think the shit's about to hit the fan that, you know, this is reaching critical mass. We've got to push the vax noodles out there and get people to recognize and acknowledge that's going on. And of course, you know, we've got these Facebook groups of died suddenly news, you know, it's up to 282,000 members now. Let's see if I can, there we go. And I like the stories just keep rolling tonight. I had to resuscitate a neighbor last Thursday. I saw her last yesterday. I heard her voice and tonight I lost her. She was sick past few days. Didn't call ambulance. Didn't call to us. Friend 60, very healthy, fit and strong. Had a lemon on Wednesday is in the hospital tonight with sepsis. Anyone heard of such a thing? Yeah, sure have. He's dying. Mother passed Friday night. She ate two cakes after already having a blocked cardioid repaired about five years ago. Not a good idea. They're not not doing an auto TP, which I found odd since she passed at autopsy, which I found odd because she passed at home. They don't want to look. They know what's happening. They just want to sweep it under the rug and uh, line their pockets in the process. And it will never stop until we say enough is enough. And we don't tolerate this anymore. And we recognize that getting the right people not going to fix this. 
We have to fix it. We have to start creating and thinking in a different paradigm. And until we do that, we're going to keep subjecting our children and their children to slavery and impoverishment and tyranny. I'm Sam. I am. Thanks everybody. We'll catch you on next broadcast. Time to wake the people up. I 